Matthew 18, starting at verse 22 to verse, 20, uh, verse 21 to verse 22. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Everybody say seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Everybody say 77 times. 77 times. Father, I pray that you would give us grace to forgive those that continually, repeatedly hurts us 77 times, Lord. Quickly and generously we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today, the title of my sermon is Forgive Quickly. Everybody say quickly. And bless generously. Everybody say generously. Part two, because I preached part one of this at Soda last Sunday. And my subtitle is The Five Second Rule. Everybody say five second rule. So let's try this. We're going to count down, okay? And when I say one, I want you guys to stand up as fast as you can. Ready? When I say one, though, okay? Five, four, three, two, one. Now I'm going to count, and when I say one, sit down, okay? Five, four, three, two, one. You're going to see what we just did is how powerful if you are able to implement it in your daily decision-making moments, okay? Keep that in mind. Today, God wants to set you free from hesitations. Everybody say hesitations. Hesitations. Hesitations to changes that are necessary in your life for you to move forward. He wants to set you free from hesitations and resistance. Everybody say resistance. Resistance to things that are good. You've been resisting things that are good, and that is an obstacle, okay, that keeps you from moving forward into the next realm of breakthrough. Hmm? You know, as I have been receiving God's favor, remember I told you this is the year of favor for me, and God promised me he's going to pour out his favor upon me, favor that I have yet not known, okay? Say un- unprecedented. unprecedented. Did I say that right? I'm an immigrant, so it's hard for me to say those words. Unprecedented favor, which means favor you have not experienced. God said, I'm going to pour it out. Keep your heart open. But you know what I realized, guys? I realized how much resistance I felt even towards the blessings of God. You see, our brain resists what is different and what is uncertain, okay? We fear what others may think of, whatever, right? What I realized was as God was pouring out his blessings, I was kind of, ooh, ooh, not too much, Lord, because I was afraid of what if I become, my blessings become a stumbling block for other members at Living Hope. 
right? And I was like, oh, no, wait. I was hesitating to receive all these blessings that God was pouring out. You see, because as a pastor, as a Korean, right, Korean blood flowing, right, in my veins, I saw sacrifice and suffering as part of my life. And I even took pride in it. God called Benjamin and I to pastor when we planted Living Hope, this church by faith. He said, I don't want any of you, Benjamin and Sonny, none of you to get another job. Okay, we didn't know how many people were going to join us. We didn't know how much money we were going to be able to, right? God said, by faith. You trust me? I said, yes. And so, you know, and it was like I was kind of pride. And, you know, first 10, 11 years of me serving here, I served without getting paid. And I thought, that's how sacrificial I am as your pastor. I'm a good pastor. But then as a few years ago, right, God, God opened our hearts. He blessed us so that I could get paid also. Right? And, and I was like, yay, thank you. But something inside of me, it's like it's so hard to let go. You know? And I mean, it's not like our church didn't try to bless me those 10 years. They tried to bless me with stipends. And I'm like, I want thank you. Thank you so much. And then if another young person wanted to serve in the ministry, don't worry. We don't have money, but don't worry. I'll give up my, my, my salary. Here, here, Joseph, you take mine and Oh, I'm such a godly pastor, right? Uh, right? I took pride in that. And that became my brain pathway. And then when God tried to break me out of that, I hesitated and I feared the, the judgments and accusations that nobody was sending towards me. <laughs> And as God was pouring out his favor upon my life in a greater level, right, than ever, my brain identified that blessing as something different and uncertain. And automatically, I started to hesitate in receiving what God had for me. Our God is so good. Tell your neighbor, God is so good. And recently, past one month, God broke me off of that. Do you know how? Do you know how he broke me off? By pouring more blessings upon me. You're uncomfortable? Here it go. Oh, I don't know. Here it go. Oh, I don't know. Here it go. He keeps pouring out his blessings. I don't deserve this. Here it go. I'm like, ah. (laughs) Through pouring, continually pouring out his favor upon me. And number two, through a false accusation, a rumor a false accusation. I was having lunch with a friend, not long ago, guys. Friend whom I loved very much, who was on my side, right? And my friend said, you know what, friend? I said, what, friend? I was having lunch with our other friend. Oh, okay, I like that other friend. And that other friend said, ABC, which was not true. I did the opposite. I gave. Everything out of my lack, I gave and blessed that person. But this person who took my blessings went and told our other friends, she took it from me. I was like, what? 
injustice. <laughs> right? That is injustice. And then as soon as I felt injustice, I heard the voice of God. It was so clear. So clear. He said, Sonny, will you forgive your friend quickly and bless your friend generously? I'm like, oh, okay. I had to, I had to do mindfulness, Jen. <laughs> and then I laughed to my friend A. Huh. I laughed. And in my heart, I forgave that friend B quickly. Because if I think about, but this is what I did, if I go into that thinking, I am not able to forgive quickly. And so without thinking, I had to stop and say, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to forgive her, and I'm going to bless her generously. And I started to pray for that friend. I mean, crazy prayers. You know what I mean? Prayers that I would only pray for my BFFs kind of prayer. Like I started praying generous prayers for that friend. Out of what? Out of my obedience to God. At the same time though, right? We need to process pain because unprocessed pain, right, makes you, right, react next time when other friends talk about you. So you got to process the pain, even though you are supposed to forgive quickly. So I was doing Emmanuel journaling, just acknowledging God. God, that really hurt. And you know what God said? God is so good. This is what God said, Sonny, your vindication is not me cursing and judging your friend, but your vindication is my blessings. He said, my daughter, will you honor me by forgiving your friend quickly and blessing them generously in your heart? Sonny, remember my promise? Remember I told you I will pour out my promise on you? I, I pour out my favor, a new favor you have yet known? You know what was crazy? Like dots started to connect. The crazy thing was when God gave me this promise, okay? This was what? In December of last year. When God gave me this promise of pouring out his favor, I was actually talking to God about that friend B. I was like, God, how do you want me to think about that friend? How do you want me to talk to that friend? Because that friend was already causing me a lot of pain. Even before this friend talked about rumors, right? And I was like, God, I, I know I'm supposed to bless them, but how do I bless what I do not agree with? How do I... And then how, I, can't, I don't want to act like there's nothing wrong and act like best friends when there's something. But at the same time, I don't want to shun. I want to be, be your vessel of love. But how do I love when they're doing wrong? And how do I, if I bless them, they're going to think I agree with them, but I don't agree with them. What do I do, God? And that's when God said, Sonny, this is what you do. What? Receive my favor. What? And the very promise God gave me a few months ago was about how do you want me to think about this friend, Lord? And God said, forgive. I mean, no, God said, uh, I will pour out my favor. Just receive my favor. Everything started to make sense this month. That my vindication is me receiving God's blessings. 
but there are things that keeps me from fully receiving to the fullness God has prepared for us. And God is saying, you want to learn how? Yeah. Forgive quickly. When your husband does the same thing over and over and over again, gets to your, under your skin, and you feel like if you don't make a big deal, he'll never learn. And so you have to make a bigger deal and scream a little louder and make faces little, you know, in that moment, God is saying, will you forgive quickly? When your wife is nagging beyond your ability to handle and you're going to go crazy, God is saying, can you forgive quickly and bless generously? You know what I realized is this. God wasn't asking me to do something new. He was just teaching me his ways. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, it says, For I will forgive. Everybody, everybody say forgive. forgive. Their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Come on, you guys. If God forgives us, isn't that good enough? Yeah. That's more than good enough. But not only will he, will, is he going to just forgive us, he says, I'm not even going to remember what you did. That's generous. If my husband does something wrong, yeah, I forgive him, but I'm going to remind him for a few years. But God is saying, I won't even remember and to remind you and to use it for my benefit. Hmm? It's to my benefit. Ever say, my benefit. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. When you forgive others, it's to your benefit. It's not to their benefit, but your benefit. When you forgive your husband over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, it's to your benefit. Hmm? God forgives us, continually forgives us quickly. But not only that, he blesses us generously. Hmm? You know, what's funny was, if you look at Matthew chapter 9, right, these four friends bring their friend that cannot walk. And when Jesus saw their faith, the Bible says, Jesus healed the man. But when Jesus healed the man, the crowd started to accuse Jesus. And when Jesus heard the accusations and complaints, of the people, you know what Jesus did? He healed the man. And you know how I overcome false accusations and things, situations that are unfair? I think about this scripture. Not only does he forgive me, but when others accuse me falsely, Jesus hears it. And the more he hears it, the more he blesses me. If I could keep my heart right before God. If I choose not to fight for myself, yeah. you know, fall into that low-level battle, fighting for my pride, mm. but I let that go, right? I don't defend myself, but I put my trust in God. The more they talk, the more he blesses me. And so now I have a different perspective. When I hear of rumors, I just laugh and I just rejoice. Hey, that means more blessings are on my way. Huh? <laughs> Lenses of favor. Remember that sermon? Yeah. 
If you look at Matthew 18, the scripture we read earlier, Peter asks, I mean, Peter's trying to be like generous. How many times should I forgive my brother or sister? That seven times? He was probably thinking, Peter, wow, you're so generous, right? But Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 77 times. And Jesus explains, starting at verse 23, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, okay? Everybody say 10,000. 10,000. He was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay the master, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, right, to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. He, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. It's not generous. If the master said, okay, I will not put you in jail, and I will not sell your wife and daughter, that would have been good enough because that's all he asked. Just be patient. I will pay. His request was, give me more time. Have patience with me. And if master said, okay, that would have been good enough. But master went beyond what was okay, beyond what was requested. He was generous and said, not only that, I will forgive you. You don't have to pay me back anything. That's generous. That's our God. But look at this. This is our tendency. Verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. Not thousand bags of gold, but 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Same thing, right? His friend said the same thing, but he refused. Everybody say refused. Instead, he went off and had the men thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. But you want to see how the Heavenly Father works? Look at verse 32. Is it up there? Verse 32. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Listen to this. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless, everybody say unless, unless. you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Say from your heart. From your heart. So when God told me to forgive my friend quickly and bless generously, it was for my benefit. So that he could not only forgive me of my sins, but so that he would pour out his unprecedented favor upon me over and over and over again. Everybody say quickly, quickly. which means immediately, immediately. not eventually, mm. not slowly, but instantly, speedily. So I read this book 
you need to read this. Uh, Mel Robbins' five-second rule. Everybody say five-second rule. So Mel Robbins was this 41-year-old middle-aged woman, okay? And she was depressed. She lost her job. She was so depressed that she was becoming an alcoholic. Her marriage was failing. She felt bitter to her, towards her husband. She was failing as a parent. She got so depressed that she would drink every night. And every time the alarm clock, she just snoozed, 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 snoozed. That every morning she would wake up so late. By the time the buses are gone, the, the, her kids miss the bus, and like she, you know, she forgets to pack them lunch. It was terrible. She felt horrible as a mother, as a wife, as a human being. And she said she wanted to change. I wanted to change. I, I knew if I could just wake up early, get my kids to school, and write my resume. Like she knew what to do, but she just couldn't get herself to do it. She wanted to change. Ever say wanted to change. One day she was about to turn the TV off at night, and she saw a commercial of a rocket being launched, and she saw, she heard, five, four, three, two, one, fire, Shh, right? In that moment, in that moment, she thought to herself, you know what? I'm going to launch myself out of bed tomorrow like the rocket. I'll move so fast, I won't have time to talk myself out of it. She said it was just an instinct that she had when she saw the commercial. Okay, listen, I'm going to give, I'm, this is more of a teaching for the next five minutes. You ready? Yeah. So focus. This is so good, okay? When you set a goal, okay, any goal, okay, your brain goes into work by itself. And so it opens up a task list, okay? And whenever you are near things, that can help you achieve your goals, your brain fires up your instinct to signal, everybody say signal, signal. to get that goal completed. For example, everybody say for example. for example. If your goal is to get healthier, okay, when you walk into the bedroom, right, you don't feel anything. But when you are driving by the gym, okay, you feel like you should exercise. There's, that's an instinct your brain reminding you of that goal. Yeah. When you are eating too much, your brain fires up, I should probably stop eating right now. Yeah. Right? Listen, it is important, ever I say important, important, to pay attention to that instinct, no matter how small or silly that instinct may seem. Okay? Your brain... And your body sends you signals, everybody say signal, signals, to wake up and pay attention. Say pay attention. A lot of times, your instinct may seem stupid in that moment, but when you honor them with deliberate action, everybody say action, it can change your life. Imagine with me. If you went to the gym every time your brain signaled you to go, how would your body look right now? Just imagine. I'm imagining my husband right now. <laughs> imagine, Im imagine if you prayed, actually prayed every time your brain signaled you to turn that Netflix off and pray, where would you be right now spiritually? Oh, right? Just imagine. Hmm? Your brain, when you want a change, 
your brain knows it. And when the, you go near something that you're supposed to do, the brain sends that signal. Okay? So Mel Robbins, the author of Five Second Rule, after seeing that commercial, she decided to launch herself up from the bed the next morning when the alarm rang. But this is what she said. But when the alarm actually went off, she, the first thing she felt was dread. Ugh. It was too cold to get out of the bed. She thought about the rocket launch, and she immediately felt like that was so stupid. But, everybody say but. She ignored how she felt, okay? She didn't think. She just did what needed to be done. Instead of hitting the snooze button, she started counting backwards. Five, four, three, two, one. And then she stood up out of bed. Then what? That was when she discovered this five-second rule that changed her life. She even wrote the book, right? She started using the rule to force herself not only to get up in the morning, but also to get herself to the gym, to look for a job, to drink less, and to be a better parent, and to be a better wife. If she started to feel too tired to exercise, immediately she started to count five, four, three, two, one, and pushed herself out the door for a run. Okay. If she started pouring a drink that she shouldn't have and she feels it, then she just starts to count five, four, three, two, one, and she put down the bottle and she walked away. If she felt being, she used the B word, but I'll say mean. <laughs> if she felt like being mean to her husband, she would just count five, four, three, two, one, and she corrected her tone and made herself sound more if she caught herself procrastinating, she would just count five, four, three, two, one, and she started to work on her resume. Now, her marriage is restored. They're happy. Their finances are great. She loves what she's doing. She's the most, most thought-out speaker, she said, in the United States, right? And she takes pride in how well she's able to parent her children while working so hard. When we talk about courage, courage is overcoming that hesitation that you feel, okay? Courage is the ability to do the things that feel difficult, everybody say difficult, that feel scary and uncertain. Courage is stepping outside of your comfort zone. Courage is sharing your ideas, speaking up. Courage is showing up. Hmm? Standing firm in your beliefs and values. And some days, courage is just getting out of the bed. You know, we make small decisions all day that holds us back. And five seconds flat, you hold yourself back by hesitating. Hmm? When you have an instinct to act within five seconds, your mind would kill it with doubt, excuses, worry, and fear. So you want to learn about five-second rule? You want to learn? Come on, talk to me. You want to learn? No, you don't want to learn. You don't want to change? Do you want to learn this? If you're learning, are you going to actually use it? Okay, then I'll teach you. The five-second rule is the moment you have an instinct to act on a goal, you you must count immediately. Five, four, three, 
two, one, and physically move or your brain will stop you. If you said, I'm going to get up at six, the six, the alarm rings, you got to count five, four, three, two, one, and then you got to actually move and get up because if you have five seconds to move into action or your brain hesitates and talks you out of moving. The rule is a simple metacognition tool. Everybody say metacognition. metacognition. That creates immediate and lasting behavioral change, okay? Metacognition is any technique, say technique, technique. that allows you to beat your brain in order to accomplish your greater goals, right? You are tricking your own brain, okay? How do you use this rule? Using the rule is very simple. Whenever you feel an instinct fire up to act on a goal or a commitment, or the moment you feel yourself hesitate or doing something, you know you need to use this rule by counting backwards. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, let me tell you why that's important. The counting will help you focus on the goal or commitment and distract you. Say distract. From the worries, thoughts, and fears in your mind, okay? As soon as you reach one, you must move. Say move. move. It's simple, right? But you got to follow the rule. Anytime there's something you know you should do, but you feel uncertain, afraid, or overwhelmed, just take control by counting backwards. Five, four, three, two, one, and that will quiet your mind. Then move when you get to one, okay? Counting, everybody say counting. counting. Moving, everybody say moving. moving. Counting and moving are actions. Everybody say actions. Action. By teaching yourself to take action when normally you will stop yourself by thinking, well, if I don't take a shower, I could sleep in for 10 more minutes. Well, if I give up on coffee, I can sleep for five minutes. Bef by thinking, right? You can create remarkable changes by stopping yourself from talking yourself out from action, okay? Counting backwards does a few important things and simultaneously, okay? It distracts you from your worries. It focuses your attention on what you need to do. It prompts you to act and interrupts the habit. Everybody say habit of hesitating and overthinking and holding yourself back. Okay, let me quote Mel Robbins. This is what she said in her book. When I used the rule that first morning, I was as surprised as you are that something that stupid worked. Counting backwards? Five, four, three, two, one? Seriously? I didn't know why it worked. I just knew it did. I had struggled for months to wake up on time, and suddenly the five-second rule made Changing my behavior simple, okay? Listen, when you count backwards, you mentally shift. Everybody say shift. shift. The gears in your mind, you interrupt your default thinking and do what psychologists call assert control. Everybody say assert control. The counting distracts you from the excuses, okay? And focuses your mind on moving in a new direction. You've been... Snoozing, 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 but when you count backwards, you redirect, right? Okay? When you physically move, instead of stopping to think, your 
physiology changes and your mind falls in line. I don't know about, this is so good to me. I love this, right? Rule, everybody say rule, is starting a ritual that activates the prefrontal cortex, okay? Right here, helping to change your behavior. The prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that you use when you focus or when you change or when you take deliberate actions, okay? There is, this is so important. You ready? You only have five seconds. Look at your neighbor and say, you only have five seconds. Look to your other neighbor and say, you only have five seconds. Listen, you guys, there is five-second window between your initial instinct to act and your brain stopping you, okay? There is a window for everyone. It's not the changes are not for the most disciplined J's, okay? It's this five-second window is available for everyone. Everybody say everyone, Okay? There is window for everyone between the moment you have an instinct to change and your mind killing that instinct, okay? While your mind starts working against you in nanoseconds, the barrage of thoughts and excuses don't seem to kick into full force and stop you for a few seconds, only for a few seconds though, right? But if you wait more than five seconds, all the excuses seem so real and so right, right? Your mind has a million ways to talk you out of acting, talk you out of coming to church on Sunday, talk you out of going to community group, talk you out of getting up on time, talk you out of writing your paper on time for students, right? Your mind has million ways to talk you out of acting. That's the neurological reason why it's so hard to change. Your brain is afraid of things that feel uncertain, scary, or new. So it will do whatever it can to talk you out of doing those things. It's part of your hard wiring, and this hesitation happens really fast. Everybody say fast. That is why you have to act even faster to beat it. Five seconds, y'all, okay? The moment of hesitation is a killer, okay? Hesitation sends a stress signal to your brain, oh, okay? And that, this has, hesitation happens really fast. That's why you have to really, really act fast, okay? It's a red flag that signals your brain that something is wrong, and your brain goes into protection mode. Why get up and drive to the gym? Lay in your bed. Stay in your comfort zone. Right before we're about to do something that feels difficult, scary, or uncertain, we hesitate. Hesitation, this lady calls it as the kiss of death. Everybody say death. You might hesitate for just a nanosecond, but that's all it takes. Look at your neighbor and say, that's all it takes. That one small hesitation triggers a mental system that's designed to stop you. And it happens in less than five seconds. Everybody do this. Five seconds. Okay? So you will have to make a simple promise to yourself. If you knew that you should do something that could change you for better, you need to use this rule to push yourself to do it. Regardless. Everybody say regardless of how you feel, okay? 
pushing yourself to take simple actions, create a chain reaction in your confidence and in your productivity, okay? When you catch yourself thinking negative thoughts, nobody cares, I'm all alone, there's no one besides me. Once you recognize that thought, just count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and reflect, redirect your mind to think about something positive. When you wake up Sunday morning, I don't feel like it today. And you know what? God is not a religious person. He'll understand. And you talk yourself out of you just, just five, four, three, two, one, get up, brush your teeth. I've, I've been teaching my daughter, five, four, right? When you know you're supposed to call someone and you've been hesitating for weeks, some of you for months, next time you get that thought, start counting backwards. Five, four, three, two, one. Get your phone out and just dial that number. Hmm? When you feel negative towards your husband, your wife, your child, your roommate, your boyfriend, your fiance, hmm? and you're about to say something with negative, attitude to push their button back, you got to stop and count five, four, three, two, one, and change your attitude and your tone of voice. Hmm? It's not the big moves, say big moves, that define our lives, but the smallest ones, okay? Within five seconds of stopping to think, you'll have decided not to take any actions on those small things. Everybody say small things. Over time, those small decisions build. We've repeated this pattern of hesitating, worrying, and doubting ourselves so much that these actions are now habits. Everybody say habits. habits. That have encoded in our brains. And this habit of hesitation can be broken through what? Five-second rule, okay? This rule will work every time you use it, and you have to use it. It's a tool. If you stop using it, Fear and uncertainty will creep back in and take control of your decisions. Look at your neighbor and say, you are one decision away. Okay. So, as I continue with my word, okay, I want you to remember this five-second rule. God says, will you forgive quickly and bless generously? You know, every day, can I just be real with you? Every day, my mind thinks of, thinks of what that friend B did and how they're still talking about me, falsely accusing me. I mean, if they stopped and repented, we could move on, but they're still doing it, right? In those moments, instead of falling into the thinking hole, I just count five, four, three, two, one. God, I forgive and I bless. And I just start praying. Okay. In the beginning, your mind also stops you when you are praying nice things about them. So, oh, they don't deserve five, four, three. Lord bless them. Huh? I started using this every day, guys. When my husband still hasn't taken the garbage out that he promised to do three days ago, and then two days ago, and a day ago, and I'm like, five. Four, three, two, one. I love you. <laughs> when Alethea hasn't cleaned her room and she's becoming more like her daddy, 
And I'm like, mm, five, four, three, two, one. You want mommy to help you? <laughs> Generously, more than enough, plentiful. Give more than necessary or expected. I heard a sermon from Bill Johnson. He has this ritual every day. You know what he does? He prays generously for those that are against him. You know, like well-known preachers, they make like websites to like accuse them and right. Specifically, those people, he he would say, God bless their children's children, bless them with with uh, uh, you know covering over their heads. He would just pray blessings. And in the beginning, as I was trying to bless those that were falsely accusing me, it felt so wrong. It's like, oh, oh, five, four, three, two, one, more. I bless them. Hmm? Chris Valentin says something like this. Like, I'm not quoting it right, but he's saying, it's a struggle until you make the decision. So when you make the decision, it's no longer a struggle. You know, if you think about it, you guys all know, most of you know about my testimony about my father. He left us when I was 10 for another woman. And we moved to America. He just abandoned us, right? My mom, single mother with five children. And my mom was so hurt. She kept us from having a contact with my father. 15 years later, God is speaking to me. For those 15 years, every morning I'm praying, God, Forgive my father. Help me to forgive my father. 15 years later, I'm in college, and God says, go back to Korea, find your dad, and reconcile. I felt like it felt wrong. I hesitated in the beginning because it felt wrong. Why? Because I felt like I was betraying my mother. But at the same time, I had to obey God. So I went. 1996, summer of 1996, I went. And you know what I did? Those of you heard this before, I went to Daejeon, the last city we ever lived as a family. I went to Dongsamuso, which is like government office city hall, and just walked in. The first person I saw, 15 years ago, I left Korea. I'm here to look for my father. And they're like, oh, what? Long story short, I come up, they come up with an address. I go to that address, and this lady is refusing to let me in and saying, your father's not here. Seven days, I wait outside, hoping he will walk by. Seven days, morning till night, I don't eat, I wait. I cry, right? And I pray. And sometimes I didn't understand why God, like, I'm obeying you. Why do you have to make it so difficult? <laughs> and the last day, I was throwing a temper tantrum. I'm not going to eat until you let me see my dad. <laughs> right? It's like, I'm not going to breathe. I went, I, I have faith, I have faith. Sun goes down, I'm hungry, the last bus is going to end. With my head down, I take the bus back to my cousin's house. I buy the cup noodle because I was hungry. I didn't see my dad, but I was going to eat. As I'm paying for this cup noodle, I'm weeping, and the grocery lady's like, <laughs> as soon as I go in, the phone rings, and the stepdaughter of my father says, I know where your father is. She takes me. I meet him. I have my first meal with him. The next day, I lead him to Christ. And I, was, I could say he became a Christian happily ever after. No. He did receive Jesus. 
But a year later, he disappeared again. And when he disappeared, God told me to go back to Korea and find him again. Again, forgive quickly and bless generously. I realized, looking back, he was calling me to do that even in the past. And do you know, I had to go find him four times over 10 years to keep on finding him, to keep on reconciling with him. And the very last time, he couldn't go anywhere because he was bedridden, thrown out by his family, neglected and abandoned by his family. And I got to go visit him every year in that home, every day, every day. And you remember, like some of you guys helped buy me the ticket when my father was dying. I got to fly there, not only be there, right, as he was dying, I got to FaceTime him with my brothers and sisters who never chose to go back to see him. And they got to hear their biological father saying, live well, live well. And I got to be there. I got to follow as they took his body out. I got to follow that body and say goodbye. I got to send him home. I got to be the one who carried. In Korean drama, they carry those pictures and the ashes. I got to be the one that walked and carried in obedience. Do you know? You may think, wow, Pastor Sonny, you're so kind and nice. But you know, that was for my benefit. Do you know what a privilege, privilege to love somebody unconditionally who refuses to love you back? You may feel like that's not fair. But you know what? God gave me an opportunity, not just one time, not just one season, but over 30 years, he gave me an opportunity to continually forgive quickly and bless generously that my father did not go by himself. If I wasn't there, they would have thrown his ashes away after a few days because nobody would come and get it. But I got to really honor my father till the end. How generous of me? No. How generous was our God that he gives us this opportunity to forgive. When people hurt you, you may feel like, it's not fair, but I want you to wear the right lenses. What a privilege that God forgave you when you were a yet sinner and he blessed you generously. And when others hurt you over and over again, what a privilege that you get to follow the footsteps of Jesus and forgive quickly over and over How many times, Lord? Do you know how many times they betrayed me? Seven times, God? God says 77 times. And it is to your benefit and my benefit. Today, God is equipping us with the tool of our breakthrough. If I could have worship team come. Five, four, (laughs) three, two, one. (laughs) Forgive. Five, four, three, two, one, bless. Who are you, God is saying? My daughter, my son, 
Will you forgive quickly? Not eventually. I know you will eventually. But that eventually works against you. Will you forgive quickly? And will you bless generously? If you would rise up.